You can't travel freely. You can't leave your house and go to sleep with some wooden door without keys like it used to be 30, 40 years ago anymore. So the issues of Nigeria are so complicatedly moribund upon your mind. For this you have lost your joy. You've turned a wicked man. Proverbs 21 and verse 29 A wicked man had met his face. And you see any believer who had his face is a wicked man. Look at your neighbor. Are you a good man? You don't look like one. You are hardening your face. Brother James, pull pull off the mics are not working. That I'm not using. So we don't have any background sound. All mics not in use. Just pull them off the mic. That's all you need to do. At Galatians 2, Joy, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. This simply means when you see a believer who is not joyous, you are seeing a believer who is not a good believer. It is the character and the charter of Christ's spirit to be joyous 24-7. It's a state of mind, victorious mission, a condition of confidence. You are just happy. Hallelujah. Resplendent. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16 tells us something. It says, it says, Rejoice when you get to America, God's own country. Whoever this must be lying. There's no God's country in the Bible anymore except Israel those days, and it's invalid now. We have God's people. No country belongs to the Lord. Tyrant's ignorance to say God's own country. No country belongs to the Lord. God does not save countries. He saves individuals. No country shall stand before the Lord. Individuals of countries will stand before the Lord. By the way, there are just two countries left. Number one, the country of the kingdom of God and the country of the countries of the world. Sound bad. I'm sorry, in this church, people that come to church know that it's no joke. We always come with our minds, with our brains, with our understanding, with some little level of education. education. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 16 tells us, Each choice evermore. Constant K. Rejoice evermore. It means you should never look gloom. You should stop looking like you look frantic, frenetic, factually depressed, disabled, entangled, debased, debunkled derided, derailed, devastated, dingy, dirty, dedicatedly confused. Rejoice once in a while. Rejoice once in a while. If you are sleeping, shout hallelujah. I just identified those who are sleeping already. Romans 
chapter 14 verse 17 get your bibles strictly bible believing Technical men, note my sound. We may need to change the battery anytime from now. Romans 14 and verse 17. For the kingdom of God, not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in happenings. Okay, sorry, it says, it says joy and things look like it. It says righteousness and the peace and the joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that is served Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Joy what? In the spirit. The route is different. Most times you base your excitement, your ecstasy, your joy on happenings. There is a serious issue with an agreement here. How we don't find the Bible teachers that in God's kingdom we ought to be lousy, noisy, celebrating all of the time because things are happening that favors but because things are coming through or coming in or falling into places like we have wished, prayed, desired, ever asked the Lord for, doesn't say rejoice and be glad because you are winning or because you are having an upper hand or because you are gaining ascendancy or gaining control. Doesn't say the weather is favorable, it doesn't look gloomy or devastating, so be all over the place, gallivanting, changing your gait and speaking higher. No, the kingdom of God is not ceremonies or rites, rituals, observances. It's not religious commemorations that lack power. The kingdom of God is in righteousness. The kingdom of God is in divine peace. The kingdom of God is in joy in the Holy Ghost. So when you are glooming, you are sinning. Because joy is a fruit of the spirit. When you are downcast, you are erring. Because joy is a fruit of the spirit. Chapter 1 and verse 16. So he is air, my blood brethren. Matthew 22 and verse 29 says, You do air, not knowing the scriptures, neither the power of God. Rejoice evermore. So look at your neighbor and say, Now I know. And I'm convinced I don't have to be sad or gloomy anymore forever. Rejoice evermore! Shout hallelujah! Turn your Bibles open at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me preach a little on what we have titled The All-Sufficient Christ. If you got the handbills or the stickers, the bills, electronic hard copies, by words of mouth, you will have noticed actually is the all sufficient Christ. The all sufficient Christ. The all sufficient Christ. Don't make any mistake about it. We are not confused. We are talking about Christ who is God Almighty. This has never been and should never be and would never ever be Amongst the spiritually literate, <clears throat> obviously, Christ's deity is not controversial in any way because the story has never really been that of some little boy born in a manger to some virgin ladies or carpenter at the backwoods of Nazareth called Christ trying to be God. A man attaining to some form of Piety or invaluable righteousness amongst men trying to be God. No, 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 it's not the same story. The truth of the matter is God became John 1 and verse 
14 and the word became flesh and it dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory his glory the only son of God full of grace and truth it will never ever be that it's in a stiff competition who is God trying to outwit his father like Satan of those days tried to do it will always be the truth of what the Bible teaches us and without controversy and without controversy 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16 great is the mystery of godliness God was manifest in the flesh so the truth of the matter is he is God he is God manifest in the flesh First Timothy 3 I was going to tell you and verse 16 great is the mystery of godliness God was manifest in the flesh so when we talk about the sufficiency of Christ we are actually talking about the sufficiency of God almighty It is called Mercy Christian Center, also known as Mercy Assembly. And I'm so delighted to have the privilege to stand before you, preacher, to go to what today. Second Corinthians chapter number three. Sometimes in this church we go three hours preaching the word of God. God's word no more. Ask your neighbor, can you last three hours? Sometimes four hours. You could even be like Paul. You read Acts 20. Paul preached all night. All night. The man even died. Acts 20 and verse 9. The man, the man, the man died. He kept preaching. He raised him from the dead. Ask your neighbor. Say, can we manage till 6 hours? 6 hours. Can I take 6 hours of your time, please? On, your, on my behalf. Ask your neighbor. 6 hours. Please, please get me the 6 hours. Just find out from somebody. Can he take six hours? Thank you. No objection. The the eyes have it. Hallelujah. Six hours. Okay, let's try. Second Corinthians three and verse number five. Some of you don't come to church with Bibles because you are so used to some casual Sunday service. Things have changed. All we do on Sundays is just to have some clean, sewn piece of fashionable attire to pose how aware these and what we are. We have a special gait and walk pattern to church because we have arrived. We've hammered enough money. Even when we are struggling, we still do the same. But church is more than a place of fashion, display of fashionistas, embellishment. It's a place of the word of God. So take a Bible. If you don't have one, you've got to share with someone that's got one. If you came in the church with some old diary that looks like a Bible, some old, old magazine, tuck it away. Let's catch his fire. You get what I'm saying? When someone says, fire! You're wondering what is happening. Second Corinthians 3 and verse number... Five, the all-sufficient God, the all-sufficient Christ, who is God, the all-sufficient. Second Corinthians three and verse number five. The man Paul is describing life in the New Testament as opposed to life as he was under the Old Testament. Let me give you something very factual. I want you to think about seriously if you don't attend this church. Don't stay under the delusion. It's the same Bible. Just 
own Bible to save God. True, very true. One God and Father, the same Bible, but two different testaments. Two different testaments. Two different testaments. This record is this recording is very far from our spiritual liturgies and teachings in churches because the ideology of having illiteracy in church is so rampant. Many pastors are not learned, they don't have to be learned. Just start preaching something, whether it's right or wrong. Nobody tests you, nobody, nobody proves you. Church members are just like you are. Just like you're just sitting looking on. You don't care. Like those sucking lemons all day. Just let go. You don't really have a mind for truth, honesty, or sincerity. Anything he says, that let him, I mean, we'll start sleeping. I just said, let those who are sleeping shout hallelujah. And so we shout hallelujah, though they were not sleeping because church is a place where anything goes. You know, we sing a song like, <clears throat> I have searched through all eternity long and found there is no like you. With confidence, with assurance, we say, I have searched, 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 O Lord, through all eternity long. And then the question becomes, have you said eternity? And you are like, ah, it's just a song. Songs we sing sometimes are very incoherent with sense. Deceitful, awkward, out of place, insincere. We just say it. I could say today, how many were blessed? Then you all chorus, yes, amen. And you were all sleeping all the way. Just church. Find things you won't find in church literacy. Things you won't find in church contemporary days, sincerity. Things you won't find in church objectivity. Things you won't find in church righteousness. What are the things you find in church? Fashion galore, noise, lies, sins, envy. These things ought not to be so. I will therefore to read Second Corinthians chapter three. Excited this time, you will love it. Compares the two testaments, it outs, invalidates the Old Testament, and places places premium of importance on the New Testament that you and I are involved with. In case you love the Old Testament or you appreciate or believe in it, it is too late. In case you prefer the Old Testament, it's not two options. The only relevant testament to you and that is valid now and that remains and is left is the New Testament. If you attempt to go under the Old Testament, you are wasting your time because it has been invalidated. Hebrews 8 and verse 6. Hebrews 8 and verse 13. ETC. I'm sure if you don't agree with what I just said, you may not really understand Second Corinthians chapter number 3. Just giving you a big, brief background. This is all I'm trying to do. Second Corinthians 3 and verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God he goes on who has also made us able servants able servants and when you see ministers what comes to your mind is pastors church leaders when we see ministers the Bible speaks of servants of the New Testament which every believer is if you are a believer it's servant of Christ chapter 4 verse 4 to verse 7 if you are a believer you are a servant 
of Christ, the all-sufficient Christ. Let us pray. Hey, Father, I thank you because of your truth. The revelation of Christ by your precious Holy Spirit, a great teacher who reveals Christ to us. Thank you. This unparalleled, unalloyed, unrivaled, unmitigated, pure, treated truth made manifest in Christ will distill upon them as heavenly dew today. As heavenly dew today. So that it will stick an impact upon their minds. And they will be able to make use of it clearly, decidedly, Visually, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for healing power. Blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Sorry, in this church, we say, Amen. Which means, yes, it means I agree. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Not that we are sufficient. That is enough. Enough. Not that we are enough. Full or replete. Of ourselves. To think anything. To recall or consider anything as being of us but our sufficiency is of God. Hallelujah. Not that we consider ourselves as being by ourselves okay. Not that we consider ourselves as being potentially alright. But our sufficiency is divine. Our sufficiency is divine. Sometimes I tell you in this church that the curse the King James Version of the Bible is over 400 years old. The type of Elizabethan English used in it is extremely difficult for many of us in this generation to understand. Even universities no longer study linguistically to this extent. It's too outdated and archaic. Just my reference could be made to it, but there's no place where this type of English is used anymore. Yet, this is what many of us stick to because we don't hold in high esteem understanding the Bible as much as we carry the Bible. Can I say this to you? The Bible is a book we accord respect without reading. The Bible is a book we revere as a sacred volume without any contact with it. The Bible has become to us a tool of spiritual talisman, a spiritual judo. Only very few of us read the Bible. The Bible does not teach us a worship of itself. The Bible is not a spirit, it's not a spiritual book. The Bible is a physical book. We are taught to believe God and worship Him as the Bible reveals. Are you still here? For instance, look at 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5 from the New Translation. You need other translations of the Bible if you must be an effective student of God's Word. If you are in this church or you are hearing the sound of this voice, or you are listening in on what I'm preaching at you, whatever, whatever way, whether Christian 
happen or by whatever device, and you don't read any other Bible in whatsoever version outside of the KJV, your Christianity is poor. You can't make progress. You don't understand the Bible. You don't. You don't. You need sections of the Bible. The New King James Version, the New Living Translation, and the NIV. Look at your neighbor and say, Tomorrow, you must get yourself a Bible in a modern language. You must to show you are. Alright. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5 from the New Living Translation. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Our competence. Self is zero. Christ is glorified. I'm looking through the Bible and gentlemen and I see that for being believers we have been introduced into Christ the family of God in such a way that we have lost our identity completely. The creed of Christ is such that he accepts you by giving to you eternal life which alters you completely and turns everything to a stream of his power and endowment by his grace and something you possess linked up with him. For example, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17 on to 20. He that is joined to the Lord is one with him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. For being joined to Christ, you have become one spirit with Christ. For being joined with Christ, you have become one spirit with him. It's amazing. I think, like I said, because of illiteracy, and because many of us never really read our Bibles, we don't seem to understand that the link with Christ is such a depth of union and fraternity and familyhood, a mingling and intercourse and interrelationship, a pouring into one another, that it says, if you are joined to Christ, you are one spirit with Him. For being joined to Christ, I am one with Him. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh Lord! God will set you free from the evil and the menace in the body of Christ. Like it happened with the Catholics. The Catholics killed every person that attempted to bring the Bible out for people to lead. The Catholics devastated and destroyed several people led by God to translate the Bible from the archaic ill-lettered Latin Vulgate into small modern language which is for humanity. If you have never read anything, you must have read the story of Martin Luther King Jr. The man that said the just shall be justified by his faith and not the priest's faith. You see. The idea that only, only pastors are custodians of truth. Only pastors are custodians of the word. Only pastors are bastions and emporia. Repositories of the truth. This old snag, this old devilish ideology, demonic control is still in the body of Christ today. Where many of us don't have an open mind to read our Bibles all by ourselves. We just fold our hands and wait for whatever the pastor says. There are 
some verses that are mind mind blowing powerful. Like this one. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. <laughs> Inseparable. Inseparable. Inseparably separate. Separately inseparable. Separately inseparable. Hey, what's this guy saying? Where is he from? I'm only saying you are one with Christ's spirit. It's amazing. You are not a joke. Know what that Paul will say. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ liveth in me. Galatians 12 verse 20, the life and now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of Christ, for if righteousness cometh by the law, then Christ died in vain. Because Christ has not died in vain, it is no longer I that liveth. What amazing truth. I'm not teaching you this morning what would happen. What may happen. I'm teaching you the state of things right now. That for being born again, you have lost your identity in his divinity. I know that in psychology, in human understanding, in, in, in even in sciences, development, maturity, comes by self-discovery. Self-discovery. You need to learn self-discovering children. I love to watch children grow. I love it. When you see children discover self. Have you heard of kids that crawled in secret? They tried to crawl in secret. They tried to walk in secret. And they will never try to crawl when it's time to crawl or walk when anybody is there with a glare. They will go in secret to perfect the art of crawling or walking or lifting things or putting their hands to their mouth. And then when they are okay, they will come to show their parents. And it's always exciting when you see, for example, at eight months, nine months, ten months, or one year's birthday, your child begins to walk. Something that is very important and educative is self-discovery. You do you know I'm a girl. I'm a woman. I'm a man. I'm not a banker. I met I met the uh, I met one banking time who told me that one of the etiquettes of banking is that as a banker you should never ever be excited or ecstatic over some large deposit. I mean, somebody says, I want to deposit 50 million. You say, ah! He says, no, it's wrong. You just say, okay, you know. People discover self with status, with office, with work, sometimes with educational change or level. Do you know, do you know there's a difference between how a student reading at master's level will comport or carry himself or herself as compared with somebody at 100 level? Do you know when someone is reading a PhD? Do you know when someone is a lecturer? We used to have somebody in this church who was haughty, proud, and very nagging and complaining. To her, why are you like this? And she said to me, she said, number one, I'm firstborn. Number two, I'm a lecturer. For this, her attitude had been altered to a pride. A pride a, a life of some kind of self-confidence. Self-discovery is right. But not in Christ. In Christ, you are not meant to discover self because you lost self in him. You are meant to discover him because he wants to live his life in you. This is the point I'm trying to make. We are not called as believers to do what we like. 
we think we are called as believers to allow Christ manifest in us. You are not even meant to walk like you used to walk. Ephesians 1 verse 17 These I say and testify the Lord you henceforth walk no more as Gentiles. You are not meant to walk like you used to walk. First Thessalonians 1 verse 7 You are meant to possess of with sanctification and holiness and not like other Gentiles that know not God. But being in Christ there is a new dictate as to how you ought to comport your life because it's not about you anymore it's about him. This is Christianity. You lose your identity in his divinity. I'm looking at scripture. Colossians 3 and verse 3. For ye are dead. Ah. <laughs> what is the meaning of that? You are dead. Ah. It answers to this zombie idea. Zombie. Z-O-M-I-E. It's a magical practice in South America. Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, Chile, some other parts of that place. Where by demonic powers they make corpses act like humans. Now, this is not God's power. Just pure magic or devilish abilities. They are called zombies. I never, I never knew that the word zombie was a contemporary modern word. I didn't know it was even dictionary. I thought it was just um, fellas coining for his literacy. When he will sing a song like zombie, oh, zombie, zombie, oh, zombie. Till I discovered later that the word is English. Has been adopted. The South Americans would actually make corpses talk, move. I think, I think we have a close thing to, to, um, to this even in traditional magic too. Abokusoro, necromancers. There are necromaniacs or necromancers in, in this part of the world. When somebody will say, Your mother, uh-huh, your mother has died, come and stand here. And call your mother forth, and she will say, Something is under something. Go and take the thing. You get there, it's there. It's, it's a demonic power. Zombie, zombie. A corpse that is dead but made to live by an influence not its own. This is the historical idea of being dead. You are dead to your crisis. You are dead to your weakness. You are dead to your strength. You are dead to your failures. You are dead to your successes. You are dead. Dead to your poverty. You are dead to your prosperity. You are dead to what you have. You are dead to what you don't have. You only live Christ as a zombie. The same thing you find clearly at Romans chapter 1, Romans 12 and verse 1. I teach you therefore, brethren, that the message of God that you present your bodies in living sacrifice. What this means is this you must be dead and yet alive. Sacrifices are dead, but you must be living like a zombie. Christ. You are not meant to think for yourself. You are meant to think his thoughts. The relationship with Christ is such a bond of oneness. Let's, Let's see scriptures. If any man speak, if any man speak, first Peter 4 verse 11, if any man speak, let him say his mind. <laughs> say, I will say my mind. I don't care. I will say my mind. Moburugo, eshunimi 
you say? Change it. change for you. What are you? Are you a believer? That will change it. Meaning what? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. First John 12 verse 6 He that seeth abided in him himself ought to walk even as he walked. You don't have a right to speak your mind. You can only speak Christ's mind. Philippians 1 verse 6 Whatever things are pure and lovely and just of good report, think on these things. You have no right to groom or sorrows or, or, or you have no right to think of revenge. You only have right to think his thoughts. This is Christianity. So, when we talk about the unsufficient Christ, we are talking about Christ making you lose your identity in Him so that His sufficiency is manifested in your life fully. I'm not telling you what you are going to pray about. I'm not raising a prayer point this morning. At the end of the sermon, Father, Father, be sufficient. No! I'm telling you what to thank God for. Because as it is, your sufficiency is already of Christ. I thought you should Hallelujah! Lost identity in his divinity. We lost our name in his name. We lost our strength in his strength. We lost our physical righteousness of the law in his own righteousness by faith. And be found in him. 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 Having my own righteousness. Which is by the law of performance. But that which is by the faith of Christ Jesus. The righteousness of God by faith. Philippians 3 and verse 9. And be found in him. It is potent and sensible and reasonable to think self and self-discovery and self-assertion and self-pride and stand alone self-mitigation and self-applause and self-appraisal and self-understanding. All these are fleshly. In Christ Jesus, you have no right to think self. You have only one mandate to think Christ. He says, brethren, you are not debtors to the flesh to live after its dictates. If you of men, you will die. But if you by the Spirit put to death the thoughts and the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. Romans 13, 14, put you in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are Christ as a garment. Ephesians and verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You must wear the cloak of God. He says, put on the whole armor of God. When I see you out of God, we are the armor of God. We are Hallelujah. Play the keyboard. Let me close. You must read your Bible. I honestly feel sad for the body of Christ because there's no way there are no two ways to it. It's either you are consistently being filled with the knowledge of his will, or you are wasting your time as a believer. Show me a Christian who has no time for the Bible. I'll show you a Christian who can never walk in victory upon the face of the earth. Show me a Christian who doesn't have time to pray in the Holy Ghost and talk to God and walk insistently on the truth of the word. I'll show you a Christian who's just like you, who is sizzly and petite and dwarfish and not growing and backsliding and wasting away and wasting his time. Show me a Christian who comes once in a while and loses a trance in spiritual things. Benefit will be poor. Show me one who doesn't have time for God. I'll show you one who has lost time for himself. Time for God is time for self. Time for self is not time for God. Don't miss 
the past. Jesus Christ is revealed at 1 Timothy 1 and verse 1 as our hope. Jesus is called our hope. Jesus is our hope. You see the word hope there means confidence really. It means assurance. Sometimes the word faith and the word hope in the Bible are used interchangeably. Jesus is our assurance. Jesus is my hope. Are you hopeful? Depends. Are you are you are you wishing anything? Assured of something, Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, even the word and is the word Cain, the Greek, even Lord Jesus. God as Savior is described as the Lord Jesus Christ. Kai is cumulative, cumulative. Don't bother if you don't know what I just said. Because you need to know before you know. It means sequence. If you don't have a first sequence, you may not get the second. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, even Lord Jesus, which is our hope Jesus is described as our hope Proverbs 13 12 hope defined makes the heart to grow sick there's no hope of job for graduates there's no hope to marry a good man or a good woman anymore all hope, all hope, all hope. Acts 27 and verse 20 that we should be saved was then dashed or taken away. No hope. No hope to buy a new car. Will we ever be able to use a new car? Would you ever be able to use a new car for 30 million naira? And you, would you ever? Is there hope till you die? Would you ever able to afford to buy this? Will your kids ever be able to study at Covenant University? When your salary is 30,000 monthly and your kids are paying 999,000 per term at Covenant University? Is there hope? Is there hope for barren women? Is there? When in many days neither the sun nor the stars appear and no small tempest lay on us, then all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Acts 27 and verse 20. Hopeless. 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 Dying. Sick. Hurricane blows, hurricane blows, hurricane blows of cumulative misfortune and disaster. Troubles in, troubles out, chaos, fears, headsmen, robbers, kidnappers, assassins, restive people. Oh, for for behalf of your urban nation in troubles out is there hope 
a living dead president, a zombie from the other side, frail like a leaf, lacking vitality, deaf and dumb, blind, doesn't know what to think or what to say. If you ask him a question, he will, he will say, he will say the devil is Jesus' master. He has nothing to offer anybody. Is there hope in Nigeria? Forget. We are gone. Make journey in the minus. Unimportant things. Is there hope? He says Jesus is our hope. We are not meant to judge whether there is hope or not based on ephemeral things. Because Christ the Master, the God Almighty, is your hope. Each time you think about hope, Jesus is your hope. Is your hope. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your hope. Ephesians 2 and verse 14 describes it as our peace. Jesus is your prince. Peace. If Colossians 3 and verse 3, 3 and verse 4 says, Christ is our life. You see, there is, you see, there is a huge difference between Jesus coming to Jesus coming to promise you hope, promise you joy, promise you life, and being your hope, being your peace, and being your life. In redemption, Jesus is your life. It's amazing. The all sufficient Christ. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father.